by Gemma Whelan and Adam Newington. One. Jack. The police were outside again last night. I watched them in the alleyway from the spare bedroom window. They couldn't have seen me. I'm fairly sure they couldn't have seen me. And anyway, so what if they had? It's not like I was doing anything wrong. It's perfectly natural, isn't it? Like the way motorists slow down to get a view of an accident. Probably the police would have assumed it odd if I hadn't been watching. I, I mean, I couldn't tell from where I was standing, but I bet the rest of our neighbours were watching too, all with their lights off, all cloaked discreetly by their curtains. What I didn't like was the impression I had that everyone out there was also looking discreetly at me. That the police being out there at that time of night was all just a show. A reminder. God, this is hard. Harder than I thought it would be. It's knowing where to begin as much as anything. I'm not Sid. I know what she thinks, what conclusions she's drawn already, but I don't process things the way she does. If she'd gone first, I don't know where we would have ended up. And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have had a clue about where to go next. I guess for me, the only logical place to start is the day we first saw the house. This was back in April. It's September now, the 14th. At 3.17 in the morning, to be precise. Sid's in bed, but I couldn't sleep even if I wanted to. I doubt she's sleeping either, to be honest. I don't think she's slept properly in weeks. Me? I drop off easily enough. Every night I don't think I'm going to, but it's exhaustion, I suppose. The weight of worry. Tonight, though, our decision made, I just wanted to get on with it. There's a lot to get through, and not a lot of time. The open day, then. I suppose it has to be, though there's very little about the day itself that was unusual. I recall how busy it was, how many people, when the time came, narrow-shouldered their way through the front door, because there was a queue, you see. Not a line, but one of those messy, I-was-here-first scrums you see at bus stops. We'd arrived 40 minutes early, and already there were a half a dozen couples ahead of us. But that wasn't uncommon, not for a house viewing in London. The strange thing was that it wasn't just the house that was up for sale. Whoever bought it would also be buying everything the house contained. And once Sid and I had got inside, we saw that the entire place was stuffed with junk. Actual dragged home from the skip junk. Books, too, and clothes, coats, pictures on every square inch of wall, boxes stacked heedless of shape or size, plus furniture big and small in every crevice. It was like a live-in, life-and-death version of Jenga, Oh, and birds. Clearly the current owner was into dead stuff. Taxidermy. Doing it, hoarding it, I couldn't tell. There was a hawk, a seagull, even a pigeon amid the scattered flock. Sid must have noticed them too. I remember being surprised she didn't turn around at the moment she did and walk straight out. The story the estate agent gave us was that the owner had met a woman on the internet. She lived in Australia, apparently, and he dropped everything to run off and be with her. Just like that. He'd been approaching retirement age anyway. But even so, he chucked in his job, abandoned his friends, and signed over his house, dead pets and all, to the estate agent to sell as one bumper package. Which made a good sales pitch, I suppose, and accounted for the state of the place. But personally, right from the off, I just couldn't see it. I mean, what sort of person would do that? And, setting the storybook explanation aside for a moment, why? So, yes, that was odd. 
and for me, more than a bit off-putting. Maybe it wouldn't have bothered me so much if I'd fallen for the house itself. I mean, the layout wasn't a problem, and there was more than enough space. Lounge, kitchen, separate dining room, plus one, two, three bedrooms, not including the unconverted attic. The building, though, it was creepy. There's no other word to describe it. The garden was overgrown and the paintwork about as attractive as a skin complaint. The house stood alone, detached, marvelled the brochure, as though it had been shunned. There was a row of terraced houses on one side, huddled together as though for safety, and a block of flats with its back turned on the other. It looked and felt somehow ostracised. So I suppose all I'm saying is I didn't like the place. All that junk, the building itself, it just felt wrong. The problem I had was that Sid was clearly smitten. I knew she would be. She knew she would be. It was Sid who'd found the house on the...